This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the county result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Scarf Begawa War. Proudly sponsored by the Players Entrance at Covent Garden Cafe and the Royal Oak Edgeley. Oh, great flick up by Alan Armstrong. Evening all, you're listening to the Scarf Bagara War, the county podcast by the fans, for the fans. No county, no problem. We've got plenty coming up for you in the next hour or so. I'm Nick Lee, fresh from doing nothing this week except watching The Crown. Related fact, Gillian Anderson and I once enjoyed a torrid, passionate love affair, but I was 15 and she wasn't there. Who's with you tonight, Nick? I hear you cry. Alpha male, insatiable, gusset. They're just three of the words he knows. It's Rush Johnson. Hey, all right. Yeah, all right, mate. And my other co-host is on a mission to live every day like it's his last. Probably go and see a doctor before you see a dolphin, mate. It's Dave Espley. Yo, you all right? You all right, mate? Hey, we're all, we're all recording remotely. It's a bit of a bit of a slim-down menu tonight. It's a, it's a tasting menu, if you will. So, Rustopher, what have we got on the menu? Hey, well, I'll take it's an entree, actually, to, to what is, what is going to come later. But, yeah, let's start with the Oval match uh, in the FA Cup. I'm so excited. 
I, it's just I've got I'm I'm getting itchy. I'm getting the chills. I'm coming down with a severe case of cup fever. How excited are you on a, on a scale of on a scale, on a scale of Boone up to Kevin Francis? How, how excited are you? <laughs> I I am Kevin it's Francis on. Yeah, I'm Kevin Francis on Kevin Francis's shoulders. That's how excited I am. <laughs> With a big, massive <laughs> brown mac on top and a, and a hat. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the, the reason why I say that is because we've had a bit of a we've had a bit of a hiatus, haven't we? A bit of a gap. Yeah, we don't know. I think we mentioned this on, on the last pod. We don't really know who's training, who's not. You know what shape they're in. We we, we can't really go off the last match, so we don't. I mean, you, you could say that we don't know what team's going to turn up. Obviously, obviously, it's going to be Stockport County versus Yeovil before you before you get that in, Nick. But yeah, you, yeah. But we don't we don't really know what's going to turn up. So I wouldn't say I'm excited. I'm more cautiously optimistic because it could go either way. We just we just don't know. We also don't know which dirty gets been licking the doorknobs, which is uh, amongst our squad. So that, that's that's a factor to take into consideration. But I, think, I think in terms of the game, I mean, I, I'm, it's exciting in one way because there's a lot at stake. Um, we don't get many games uh, in a regular season. Obviously, you know, we've been, we've been promoted in the last within the last two years, and then we were doing okay last year. Um, but games where there's something really, really at stake, and it's not okay. It's, it's only the third round of the cup, but there's the potential. There's the draw on the on the Sunday night, Monday night, whenever it'll be. Uh, there's a chance of getting a big team. There's a, there's a bit of a this year, you know, with obviously there won't be a big crowd if we do manage to pull a big team out of the hat, which will be a blowing more than one way financially and, you know, being able to play at a big ground. Um, mm. But just pulling a big team out of the hat and getting on telly and playing them. And I genuinely think we'd give anybody a game at the moment with this, you know, the way we're playing. So, yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah, same. It's, um, yeah, like, like you said, big, big, get, there's a chance of it. I mean, this is county, so we know we're not going to get a big tie in the third round. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just I'd well, be excited county. anyway. But it's yeah. county. We'll get a big tie in the third round when we can't cash in on it, and no, no bug, no bug. Actually, yeah, that, that would be the most county thing ever. I'm calling it now. Liverpool at home. Well, I'm yeah. going to. I'm going to. We're not going to get Brazil away. But just <laughs> <laughs> seriously though, I, I was. I was. I've been thinking about this. So so, just bear with me for a second. So yeah, we, okay, we don't get a big tie, but would they not do the pay per view and then? Each club gets gets a, gets a share. So arguably, we could get more. Say if we get Man United home or away, the amount of people that would tune into that across the world, perhaps, or even in this country, that would be more than you get in in the in the ground. The TV deal though would mean that BT Sport or BBC would choose that as a live game. Yeah, if we were at home to Man United, then we'd definitely yeah. be on, t- on television. So the, the club right. won't be streaming in that case. I don't think. You'll get the TV fee, which is not to be sniffed at. It's, I think it might even be into six figures, you know, like mm. 100,000 plus or whatever, um, split both ways. But you haven't got the, well, certainly Old Trafford, if you pull them out of the bag and you've got a game at Old Trafford, you're talking about upwards of a million quid in terms of yeah, revenue. Yeah. So what, what we're after really is we're after a team. What well, we want a team, don't we, away that's got a bigger, big following, but not that big enough that we're going to get put on telly. And there's a yeah. pay-per-view attached to it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, far be it from me to uh, dial things back a bit. I'm normally Mister Optimistic here, but can we concentrate on beating Yeovil first? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, come on. In, in podcast gone by, Nick. I mean, you you've said, and I, you you said this. I, I'd take one season in the Premier League. So, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll review that. I'll take two. <laughs> it's traditional for us to get giddy. Let's face it. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the other the, the other thing I wanted to mention was. 
uh, we're under difficult, difficult and and unprecedented times. So playing on a Sunday at one twelve, one thirty, yeah, yeah. Is, is is doesn't seem like anything now. But in a you know few seasons ago, say 2014, 2015, if our game had been moved to a Sunday, I'd have been I'd have been really happy because we're not playing at three o'clock on a Saturday or you know quarter to eight on a Tuesday night. It's something different, isn't it? Yeah. It, no, it would normally have indicated a, a, a big game in some way. Yeah, exactly. Be yeah. Or we'd be moved because it's against Everton and Liverpool were at home on the Saturday. Like I think that's when we played at Goodison on the Sunday, didn't we, that time? It's because Liverpool had been drawn at home. So it's that kind of thing, isn't it? It's a bit of atmosphere about it, a bit of excitement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that Everton game, I remember that being on Radio 5 Live on the Sunday afternoon. The, yeah. the, full, the full commentary was on there, yeah. Yeah, I always remember as well, they had, the, um, they had a different live game on BBC. And um, Des Lynham was was presenting it, and I remember him being really pissed off that they'd chosen the wrong game. No, no, <laughs> pissed off, as in you know, ripping the studio to shreds and taking his clothes <laughs> off, and covering himself in in jam or something. You could tell from his the way his moustache quivered that he wasn't happy that they'd chosen to to show Arsenal against Brentford, and they'd missed an absolute classic at uh, at Goodison. Well, one of the things we've missed when, when talking about the FA Cup, I think, I think it's been another concert, another casualty of lockdown for me. Um, FA Cup draws and the big face lads gurning at the camera, <laughs> yeah, in, in the clubhouse at some non-league ground with all the local mutants out for the day. There's none of that now, and it's no, the, the magic of the cup truly has been diluted. Did you see how the BBC tried to get some of that atmosphere though? Back when uh, they had our Steve Bellis and Alan Armstrong there, yeah. And, just they just brought them on at a, a socially distanced uh, gap, and it was so funny that uh, you know, they cut away to show Mark Chapman's face, and then they came back, and the next two had been wheeled on. One of whom was was uh, Alan and uh, and Bellis. Yeah, yeah. Some of that without the fans there, really. I think question. it was quite crass to have John Lennon's killer hosting it in the first place, but it's <laughs> up to me. Um, just a bit of breaking news as we're recording. Um, obviously, we've got no game on Saturday afternoon. The club of seven minutes ago, the club posted that they're going to be re-showing. Well, go on, let's have a let's have a guess what game they're going to be re-showing on Saturday afternoon in full. County Everton. It's County Man City, November ninety-seven. Oh, wow! So that's that's put some conspiracy theories to bed, hasn't it? Hey, what's that? Yeah, well, they did say, didn't they? They were thinking of doing another one like that because they did. They, they, they avoided City all summer, didn't they? Yeah. Well, the, the reason, reason was because the apparently the agency that they got all the footage from, they ended up shutting down during lockdown, so they couldn't. They only managed to get hold of those ones, and that's why they hadn't got hold of the City one yet. That's yeah. from what one of the uh, I can't remember who it was, but it was some, someone from, from the media team who responded to a tweet saying that, yeah. Nice. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'll be watching that definitely. Yeah, I hope we win. First twenty minutes, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so the hope is that we're all back in training. Then, fingers crossed. Yeah, well, I've not heard anything about about the players going back in training. I, I assume they are. If we're still, if we're going to be playing at the weekend, um, and hope, I'm just hope and pray that during the next couple of days, because we're on Thursday now, that something doesn't happen and it gets called off again. Because I think someone tweeted that um, we have to forfeit if if it gets called off because of COVID. But then someone else said, "No, that's the that's the qualifying rounds." Yeah, not that, the FA proper. That, that was the case for the qualifiers. Yeah, because a couple of teams had to drop out. But yeah, obviously the, the rules change when proper clubs are involved. Apparently, <laughs> also comes comes the fact of uh, the 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 quarantine period, if you like, because uh, obviously as, as rounds carry on and, and things get compressed. Um, are they having replays um, 
from the third round onwards, or is, are they scrapping replays altogether? I, th- I think they've been scrapped altogether. I think, right. yeah, I think it's extra time and then penalties now. So that would help because obviously previously you might have thought you, you get a draw and then the replay's like a week and a half away. If you get COVID in the meantime, then you, you're well into the next round before you can play the, that replay mm. again. So, mm. yeah, that's yeah. it. Well, well, while we're on COVID, do we, if it probably it could lead lead us on to Nick's big question, I think. Um, which is a, a returning feature. So if, if COVID testing was rectal, do you think people would be more likely to stay at home? <laughs> uh, I think I think a certain certain element of society would would want to go and have it, wouldn't they? And... And it doesn't bother me. I'm very sexually cosmopolitan. I went out with a Welsh girl once, so it wouldn't bother me. <laughs> So that's your big question. I haven't got an answer for that, really. I guess I guess they would stay at home. Yeah. Have you had a COVID test, by the way? Has anybody had one? No. Yeah, I had one. It was. I, uh, I drove into a car park and it was self-administered because I'd, I'd heard that they they gave it to you and I'd heard all sorts of horrible things that they, basically they shove it so far up your nose it touches your brain. Mm. Um, and I did it myself and they had instructions and it was like you're supposed to swab the back of your throat um, yeah. where the little dangly thing comes down. Epiglottis, is it? Um, and then you push it up your nose until you feel resistance. Yeah, that's that. I'm not that's... sure I got I got close to either of those points. Uh, <laughs> well, I it was. I, I we had a home kit, so when we did it at home, I had to read the instructions, and it was it was the nose bit until you felt resistance. It was, I did it, but it was just it was such an alien feeling. Imagine standing on some industrial estate car park with your pants around your ankles trying to get one at work. <laughs> Until you feel resistance. <laughs> Especially if that has to be self-administered. Yeah. <laughs> the weird thing is as well, when, when, I, uh, when I came off my bike last year, uh, earlier this year, um, they shoved a camera up my nose with no, with no um, anaesthetic or anything. Oh. This nurse just sort of held my head so I couldn't pull it back and then whacked it up Then it was fine. I didn't have any problem with that, but then trying to do it myself, it's like because you're controlling the thing, you, you just think, "No, nah, I'm having not having any of this." Camera, you know, Beadle, well and truly is about, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Some YouTube video. <laughs> there are worse places for cameras to go, as we all know. Well, yeah, in, into the Etihad Stadium to broadcast a live match for one. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what I just realised? I'm, I'm fucking stupid. I've just realised the FA Cup isn't this weekend, is it? It's the, it's it's next weekend. So that's, that's right, even yeah. that's even worse because obviously they're playing the City match on Saturday. That's even worse because there's that just it's just more time, isn't there, for players to get COVID? We've gone all this we've gone this time now with with, with you know with no new cases in, in the playing squad. There's another week to go. Yeah, it, you just don't know what's going to happen, do you? Mm, yeah, it's time for the other teams to get it as well, isn't it? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, really on the dark side. I don't know. Let's, let's, let's be optimistic. We'll be playing the Oldville a week on Sunday. Yeah. Well, it almost says a lot about the changing culture of football as well. That I, I, I think from what was said on said in Jim's interview, he said one of the players has caught it from his, his wife, who's a nurse. Mm. So it's, it's good to see footballers like marrying nurses and stuff rather than just some vapid tart off Instagram. So swings and roundabouts. Yeah. Well, I think I think they've always married nurses, haven't they? It's just it's just you only see the ones on Instagram because they're on Instagram. Think of all the think of all the wags that you don't see, Nick. It's like it's like it's like baby pigeons. You never see baby pigeons, do you? But you always see the grown up ones. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. It's like you, you never you never see like a, a middle aged Chinaman either. It's always like really old. No, really you old. Don't. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is very true. Yeah, I've never thought about that before, but now you say it. 
yeah, totally on board. If you ask me, this is just footballers should just be paid in vouchers that can only be used to purchase cars, mansions, and holidays. If you ask me, because how, how do you know they're spending it on the right things? Well, horses as well. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, vital, yeah. vital. <laughs> <laughs> so, should we move on to the World Cup of goals that we've uh, that we've launched? Yes, yes, that's. Um, now's probably a good time just to mention out there that could we could we just thank. Um, Pete Wilson, who's obviously part of the podcast, for his sterling work with those videos. They are ace. They're absolutely brilliant, aren't yeah. they? So, so cheers yeah. for that, Pete, and well done, mate. Quality really good. The, uh, the intro, the Alan Partridge intro, which uh, Nick Nick <laughs> provided a lovely voiceover. Yeah, you... but then the telly as well. The way it cuts to that old telly, it's uh, yeah, they look really good. Yeah, I I, I got I got so uh, so fixated on that. I was, I was convinced that that tel- that old telly was real. I nearly hit the top of it to get the uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we've we've moved on to the second round now, haven't we, Ross? Yeah. And gratifyingly, I think um, it's been a distinct lack of controversy over the choices. There's one or two people who've mentioned goals that they would have chosen, but there's no there's no real arsiness about it, or you know, we, I don't think we've missed anything really, really obvious. No, I think I think the the, the most pleasing thing for me is the amount of discussion and debate. It's it's. It's don't want to say cause because that's, that's that's a negative word, but that that, that it's brought on because yeah. obviously people are going. But some of the some of the comments and some of you know I was there. This happened at this goal, and you know you can see me all go, jumping over the fence. I think it was uh, Stadio Junkie. He was he was the first person to congratulate and, oh, and, and jump on Alan Armstrong, wasn't he? So all that kind of stuff. That that those little little stories of, of, of people's joy that, that I, I love, I love reading those. They're so you see, good. You see what he said? And I, I, I assume it's true. He can let us know um, when he, when he hears this, but uh, you know, Stadio Junkie, who was on the pitch hugging Alan and he's, that's his photo on the, uh, on the message board. That's his, that's his um, yeah. avatar. But he actually said he was still on the pitch when Everall scored the winner. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <actually> <laughs> <off>. <laughs> that's horrendous, isn't it? I mean, we all knew it came quickly, but Jesus, for, for the, been like that it's horrendous that's that's a footballing equivalent of of masturbating and then not being able to find the remote when you're finished <laughs> not being able to find the remote <laughs> I, w- I want to turn these uh, i want to turn off these dead-eyed people but i can't <laughs> no good to me anymore <laughs> the thing I, I did read that and i thought that, that was quality you know for stadio junkie not 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 your porn bit <laughs> um, but, um but do, do you know what as well i thought i thought if that was today um well i don't think they'd have restarted the match with all the with with fans on the pitch first first and foremost because yeah. the referee just said no you're not having that wouldn't, wouldn't the stewards have now the stewards have been running after him and all sorts wouldn't they you know tr- like like stewards do Oh yeah, you know what I mean. He'd be get, getting called scum on yellow board. Oh, it all yeah. going off. Yeah, it, <laughs> he's, he's not a real fan. Not yeah, a real fan. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, he's not a real fan. You, you with your massive outpouring of joy and delight when we scored a goal, and not a real fan. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what? I've got. Um, I saw. I, I'm going a bit off topic here, but I saw Wayne Rooney's overhead kick against City again. Oh, you, you see it every John, now and again. John Rooney's brother. John Rooney's brother, yeah, yeah, <laughs> brother of John, <laughs> yeah, um, um, and I've I've seen I saw I've seen it from this angle loads of times before, but I've never noticed what I saw the other day, and that was a steward in in whatever stand it is, you know, the big one, the big one uh, across from the the the, um, the dugouts, yeah, and a steward, when it goes in, a steward jumps with the fans, 
as if he's like, he's obviously a United fan jumping, going, yeah, fuck it, like that. And I thought, that's that's great that, you know, it's not like a, you know, a normal steward where, you know, when, when, I, when I stewarded at uh, Macclesfield Town, because uh, I did, I did for about four matches. Uh, when when someone scored, you had to stand up and face the crowd and look at them and make sure everyone was behaving. Yeah, I'm, I'm not joking about that. I remember, I remember um, this would be bloody hell. It must be it was fanzine days, so it would have been early nineties, mid nineties. But there was a program on telly. I think um, there was some kind of scandal after the Bradford fire, and the there were, the program said that lessons hadn't been learned. I think they interviewed a Bradford guy, uh, one of the board, and he didn't. Oh, no, it was a Bradford safety officer, and he he made a fool of himself. But what what that program actually said was that at Old Trafford at the time, I don't know if that's still the case. Uh, stewards didn't get paid. They were like the, the 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 payment, if you like, was that you were a steward inside Old Trafford. So clearly, what they were doing was trying to attract fans. And I did yeah. used to work with somebody who stewarded at Old Trafford, and he was a diehard red. And what it was, like you said, at Mac and and most other clubs. Um, stewards aren't fans. You, you, you turn away from the pitch. You don't react to goals. You do your job. At Old Trafford, the stewards are just fans in in his waistcoats, basically. Well, I, um, think, I think that's better because a, a steward that's a fan will will know what the fans are going through at that time. Yeah. They'll understand. They'll understand the hot. You know, the three sixty of the snap of, of the situation, and they won't be they won't be coming up to upper tier three at county and and dragging lads off for doing. Like my minuscule things. I mean, I know some of them do deserve it and and that and whatever they do, I don't I don't really know or care. But you know, for, for some of the stuff that's trivial, they, they do get a bit heavy handed, don't they? Or you know, the the, the, the high of his jacket seems to give him some sort of power trip. Yeah, um, yeah. I could. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I could do it. I, it's, it's not. It's not so so much not being able to do the work. I just think it's having a beard and glasses is not the best thing to do when you're a steward. You know, no, they'd have, they'd have, yeah, they'd have you. Look at this pedo. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, when I when I stewarded at Mac for, for four matches, um, the, nobody even noticed I was there. To be honest, I just sat there and watched the match mainly. Yeah, you know, no, and I wasn't obviously not a Mac fan. I just watched it. Got got paid me fifteen quid or whatever it was at the time. Yeah, happy days. So anyway, yeah, I thought I'd bring that up because I thought it was quite good. But yeah, cheers for that, Dave. So that's a bit of bit of knowledge there. Nice one. So anyway, back to the World Cup of goals. Um, so, do do have we got any idea of who's going to win? Anybody got any? I think I think we know, don't we? Oh, it's going to be a, a close contest between two. I think. Yeah. Are we saying Gleeson for one of them? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Cook I think. Yeah, yeah. They, they would have been my yeah. top two that I would have picked at the start, and I think for a lot of people they'd be the top two as well. So. Yeah, and I think um, I think Paul Ware is getting a lot of love. Yeah. Um, mm. From 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 the tweets that I've seen, so I mean, it, it look, it's a fantastic goal, and it? it's it's one of my favourites. I, I, my favourite has to be that I was there as well. So that you know, that's my sort of primary thing. Um, so I wasn't there for Gleasons or Paul Cooks, yeah. to be honest. It's context um, as well, isn't it? A lot that's a lot of the debate that's that's um, popped yeah. up on Twitter has been talking about spectacular goals. So obviously, the one from Tony Dinning at, at Bolton was was mm. astonishingly good strike. Um, but in context, it was just the run of the mill game. I think we might have even won there. I'm not sure. But whereas um, the one that Paul Cook was like the first of three in ten minutes against City of all people in a packed stadium, first time we played him in the league for donkeys years. Mm. Um, the um, the Gleeson one was in a playoff um, semi final when we just brought it back yeah. and we knew at that point we were coming back to Edgeley Park level. So the context for those goals were absolutely amazing. Um, whereas the Ware goal again, it was. It was a yeah. routine game at Carlisle, wasn't it? Did we win it? I'm not sure, but 
even if we did, it's just a, you know, it's just a, a bog standard league game, if you like, rather than a playoff final or a playoff semi final or the first game against your massive local rivals in Donkeys. Yeah. That's why I think yeah. the Glen Rule one suffered for that because that Glen Rule one, as as just as a sheer strike, is up there with Gleeson for me. It's almost a carbon copy. In fact, at the time in the stand when it went in. Uh, Pete's brother Chris actually said, as, as as the ball was dropping, he actually shouted Gleason as the as the ball was dropping. Yeah. And next, you know, it hit the back of the net. But yeah, that I think it was actually a better technique for the rules, wasn't it? Because he sort of cut across it. That's it yeah, kind of cut across the ball and put a bit of swerve on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, obviously that suffered for just being in a, in a yeah. national league north in a north. Which is it's, it's an unending debate, isn't it? You know, what is the best goal? You've ever seen county score. There's there's so many factors you have to take into consideration. Yeah. Is it the opposition? Is it the technique of the goal itself? Is it the team move, i.e. Uh, Heliwell's mm-hmm. Goodison that's got a lot of love, or is it the context? Because for me, the, the most significant goal I've ever seen county score was again still Terry Parks at Old Trafford. Mm. We dominated that game, and and the point at which we went two one up, I thought we're going to win this because we were so ahead of so on top of them. It wasn't the fact that we'd just scored one and we'd been under intense pressure, because at that point you think, right, they're going to get another four and we're going to lose 4-2. It was a game we were absolutely bossing and we'd just gone ahead in. So that, for me, context was everything, and that's why it's my favourite ever county goal. But technique-wise, it was nowhere near even Glenn Reels, obviously, or, or John Rooney's the other week. Did you did you go apeshit in the away end yeah. at United? Well, it's, I wasn't in the away end. What, what happened was... Um, my dad, my dad was a postman, and he had a mate who uh, was referee. Incidentally, I think he he, he got as high as uh, running the line in the national league, but then didn't didn't pursue it. But he was a massive county fan, and he offered to take me because I would have been was it seventy eight, so I'd have been fourteen. Mm. Um, my dad didn't go, but it was his mate and a couple of his other mates, um, and he actually got us tickets on the back row of the stand to the oh bloody hell, what I'm thinking about now. This was before Old Trafford was developed. But yeah. We were on the back row, basically, right in front of the uh, executive boxes. So we were, you know, giving it signs to the to the guys <laughs> in the executive boxes. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 the United's winning goals were scored to our right, so it's whatever. Um, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stand, yeah. yeah. So you you were in the north stand then, by the if if my yeah. reckoning's. Yeah, I think the Stratford end was to our right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. I only know that because, by the way, because I've been to Old Trafford to watch England. I'm not a United fan. Oh, I, 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 I didn't watch United, mate. <laughs> I've been to watch United. My dad took me in uh, in the early seventies. Just, but he took me to City as well. We were county first game was County, um, but then he took us to uh, both City and United a couple of times. I think I saw Peter Barnes' debut, uh, bizarrely, um, because that's what you did. We've had this debate again. It's popped up on Twitter. Yeah. Just slight digression, but in the last uh, few weeks, it's popped up about um, how cheap it was to go to football yeah. um, years ago. And the myth of, oh, yeah, and, and it is a myth that thousands of City fans came. But a significant number did. I would say dozens of City fans probably came along on a Friday night to County because it was the equivalent probably of a fiver these days. Mm, mm. And to be honest, if, if it was a fiver to get into City or United, I might go as a neutral now just to watch a top yeah, game, I would, jump yeah. on the train to Piccadilly, walk to, walk to the Etihad for a fiver. Yeah, absolutely. And reversing it, City fans who were playing on Saturday or United and City fans who were playing on Saturday, for a fiver, yeah, you'd probably go to County and watch a game with your mates, and then go to the pubs on Edgeley afterwards. It did, it did used to happen. I went to watch United when when Moyes was manager, and they played Champions League. They'd lost, I think they'd lost two 0 at Olympiacos, and then they beat them in the second leg. I think it was the first knockout round or something. 
But I, I came back from that thinking Danny Welbeck was one of the best players I've ever seen. So I don't think I'm cut out for watching that level of football. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's going to go places, Danny Welbeck, I tell you. He's going to be a mainstay of the England team. Where is he now? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, I, I have been to watch United. I went to, I got lucky enough to watch United against Liverpool when Rio Ferdinand scored the winner, ah, you know, the one match. Yeah. But it was it was a works do, so we got free tickets. I got, you know, had a meal and all that sort of stuff, and I was surrounded by United fans, which I didn't like. But um I, when I went to watch England, just going back to the Welbeck sort of thing, went to watch England, I think it was well, I went to watch them loads of times when they played at Old Trafford, but one in particular, it was the first time. I'd seen players of that level, you know, alive in, you know, yeah. um, in the flesh, so to speak. And I just could not believe the ability and the fitness of Ashley Cole. Because he played, I don't even think he played a wing-back system. I don't, can't remember who the manager was. He might have been Capella or something at the time. I don't even know, but um, it was probably before that. But he was, I think he, we were playing four at the back, but Ashley Cole... It was like almost like a wing back and being the modern day fullback that you see today. Every every time we we got you know there was a transition period and we got in possession, you just see him at the you know on on the on the on the coattails of the bloody other fullback the you know the other the right the, the other right back with his hands up going Oliver. Oh, just impressed me and he did that for the whole match, and it just it you know that was what mid mid two thousands probably late two thousands, so yeah. it's almost paid I won't say paved the way but he was certainly. I think I think I got lucky that he was he was the first probably modern attacking fullback. I can't think of many more before that. Um, maybe Inchcliffe to to a certain degree, uh, you know, at the top level. And, and probably people will probably know more than, than than I do. But then, but seeing him live was just joy to behold. Really stuck out for me. It's funny when I, you get sorry. No, go on. I was going to say when you get some players that have a lot of uh, off the field baggage, if you like, because obviously with Cole he married a. Married a pop star and uh, had that thing where he swerved off the road when he wasn't getting five grand a week <laughs> in his autobiography to go yeah. Ashley and all the rest of it. You tend to forget that they are actually bloody good footballers, and yeah. he was a, he was a top world world class fullback, wasn't he? As you just yeah. demonstrated. Yeah. I think both him and Gary Neville are two players who I don't think ever got the credit they deserved as players. I watched that um, the Scotland game from Euro 96 the other week and Gary, that must be Gary Neville's greatest performance of all time. It, it was absolutely unbelievable, just up and down the right constantly. Yeah, I know I know we're going off, off, off county here but Gary Neville, I think he was more industrious and a bit he'd give you a 7 or an 8 every match, wouldn't he? Couldn't cross the ball yeah. for Toffee, but you know de- de- defended, yeah. defended stoutly, shall we say. He put the cross in for the first against Scotland. Yeah, it's lucky. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> no, but you, you know, look. You, yeah, you can try. You can try it ten times and one will come off, won't it? He didn't do it very often. I remember. See, I remember because I watched. I watched loads of football all the time. I remember. I just remember watching him loads of times, and he'd get across the ball usually from deep because he never got to the byline. Um, and it'd be one of those, you know, like like a like a bit like a nine iron that he's that he's hooked. Do you know what I mean? It sort of loops in the air. No, no use to anybody. Yeah. Um, I think I think I think David Beckham made him look very very good. Is what I'll say. Oh, he was brilliant. Anyway, should we should we continue with the World Cup of goals and keep, keep counting? Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that wasn't where we were, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's three that's getting a lot of love, and I, I'm totally agree with the context thing. I noticed John Rooney's um, brother of Wayne is getting a lot of love as well. Yeah, quite right. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a fantastic. It's almost uh, too close to to now for us to get the full appreciation of it. If we'd have run this in a couple of years' time, it, you know, it, it might have been oh yeah, of course we've got to include that fantastic goal from Rooney, but because it only happened the other week, yeah, it's like oh yeah, there's that as well. Let's let's include that. Yeah, yeah. But there's also a, I will say there's a sort of uh, not biased exactly, but um, more recent goals I think are in more of the love if you like uh, than. I'm not saying that they should, but I think there's definitely a, a bias towards more recent stuff because, you know, the fan base is uh, is what it is, isn't it? You know, you're going to have a lot of people who, who don't remember half the goals that we've put on and they're only judging it from a TV, uh, um, a laptop screen or whatever, um, whereas the goals they've actually seen in person and were involved with the massive great mosh afterwards will just make them yeah. be more significant to those people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I th- do you know what? I think that... Um... That Kevin Francis goal that we had on on the, f- the very first, the very first round and the very first clip, I'm sure, yeah. I'm yeah. sure that was the goal. And I was only young at the time. That was the f- the first goal where I I, I celebrated with a stranger. <laughs> and that and every 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 county fan, every fan really, you need to celebrate with a stranger, don't you? Before you really you really sort of <laughs> sort, sort of that's your initiation, really, isn't it? I always do that when we score. I'll, I'll throw my arms up in the air and then turn to the nearest child to me and say, "Do you want to see something?" <laughs> <laughs> are, are, are you telling us about some early grooming experience? I'm going to say very young. I mean, I'm talking what twelve, thirteen. So I wasn't like six, and he wasn't he wasn't handing me sweets. But it was just you know stood next to each other. We had me stepped out on one side. This bloke I'd never met before on the other. You'd be an animal, Paul. <laughs> sideways glance bit of a wink and then this goal anyway let's move on let's move on so World Cup of Goals then um, so when, when when's it going to end when 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 do we expect the final to be never the, fo- the football's going to go on indefinitely the, go- the goals will continue forever or and, yeah and, until we get down to the last two and, and they get voted for least I, think, I, I, I think it's about a week isn't it is well, it are we going down to the last two or are we having the last four as a final Oh, I'd, I'd like the idea of an ask too. We should have probably discussed this before we went on air. I love, I love the fact that we, we have our production meetings on air as part of the podcast. Yeah, well, I, I was embarrassed because I thought, I don't know whether we're going knockout or what here. I'm going to keep quiet. But then you don't know either, so that's fine. No, but Dave and Pete are doing it, you see, and they're not here. So, you know, the other the other part of the team. Anyway, we'll leave it to them. All, all, we, all we will say is enjoy it because it's a really good thing. that, And, and again, fantastic from, from Pete Wilson doing those uh, those edits. Really, really good. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's move on. So we go. We've already done Nick's big question. Um, so, uh, Dave, Tea Party, should we run the titles? Do you remember the air crash? Do you remember the rag and bone lad? Do you remember putting gravel on your butties? Do you remember having rat for dinner? Do you remember papering your walls with spam? Do you remember what you had for breakfast? The Tea Party section of the County Podcast, proudly sponsored by Memories What Are of Stockport, one of the 73 Stockport-based Facebook groups that are scared to death of modern life. Do you remember when you last saw your trousers? Yeah, okay, so I did actually sort of flag this, anyone who's been keeping up on Twitter this week. Um, I think someone mentioned the camp referee. Or the, oh, that's what they did. They, they gave a, a scan of the, photo, of the cover, um, and the camp referee was, was trailed on the cover. So I thought... Maybe I'd dig out a bit of camp referee history for, for everyone to listen to. So, if you're sitting comfortably, children, I will begin. <laughs> what, it, what it was, when, when I got the um, desktop publishing software, and there was a time uh, when desktop publishing was, was like the cutting edge of uh, IT creati- creativity. And um, 
I used to mess around with the point size of the fonts, which meant effectively making them bigger or smaller to fill awkward gaps. Because I never used to edit what people sent. It was just went in, however much they sent, went in. We, we put the pages into columns, and then at the end of a column, there'd be an awkward little gap. And I think there used to be, a, there was a fanzine called Brian Moore's Head, um, full title of which was Brian Moore's Head Looks Uncannily Like London Planetarium, which was Gillingham's fanzine. And that was really, really funny, really good fanzine. And they used to just put pictures cut out of newspapers of just celebrity faces to fill the gaps. And I think we did that for a while, just just, just copying them. But I thought, um, we need something else. We need something funnier um, to put at the end of articles in these awkward gaps. So for a time, I started doing um, Where Are They Now? Which was like a Mickey take of a genuine Where Are They Now? thing that you might see in a football programme. Because obviously fanzines and programmes have this sort of symbiotic relationship where the fanzine takes what the programme does and takes the piss out of it. So for a while, I did uh, Where Are They Now? I've got a couple here, which I'll, I'll read out. Um, and again, this refers to something I mentioned a while ago about um, bizarre names that we used to use in the Stockport Excesses. And I, I, I wrote a few of these with bizarre names uh, for the Where Are They Now? So I've got Where Are They Now? Number 82. Eamon Skip, Fulham, 1955 to 64. Uh, Skip was for many years the linchpin of the Fulham midfield, attracting the universal acclaim during Fulham's golden years of the early 60s. I've no idea whether Fulham had golden years in the early 60s. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, sadly, however, in 1964, he found out what a linchpin was and retired from the game in shame. He took up pub management and for many years ran the Golden Hernia, Cameras Pub of the Year in Lincoln, <laughs> for three consecutive years. Unusually for an ex-footballer following this particular career, however, he put on a great deal of weight, developed a florid complexion and died of alcohol poisoning in 1985. Taking the mickey out of the fact that that was the traditional retirement route for footballers was running pubs and becoming alkies, big fat alkies. Uh, another one here. Uh, where are they now? Uh, Gregory Tentacles Jr. I can't read who he was supposed to have played for. He's got a club. Oh, Brighton and Hove Albion, 1974. Son of the fam famous Gregory Lasher Tentacles of Hove's fame. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Gregory <laughs> Tentacles Jr. was a doughty stalwart in Brighton's record-making midfield line of the early 70s. He left Brighton in 1975, after which he enjoyed brief spells at Norwich, Luton, Bradford, Sunderland, Carlisle, Tranmere, Gillingham, Swansea, Perry Mansfield, Crewe, Newcastle, Wrexham, and then this is where it ends, both Bristol's and Oldham. After retiring in shame following such a dreadful joke, he was never heard of again. I'll do, I'll do one more. You see, I, I found these funny, but uh, just, you have to see them in context. It was a big article talking about some aspects of football in the 90s, and then right at the end, they'd have this daft thing stuck on to make you laugh. Anyway. Where are they now? Number 327. Blue Tea Leaves, Aston Villa, 1972-76. Tea Leaves, an Australian by birth and a Malaysian by inclination, was a zippy left winger, much admired for his astonishing stamp collection. Indeed, following his retirement from the professional game, he was able to make a career of his hobby until he was arrested for obscenity and turned instead to his stamp collection. This raised a total of £17,000 at auction, following which he unwisely invested all his money in poor cars futures. He lost his entire wealth in the stock market crash of 1987 and was last seen standing in Walsall High Street shouting bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, should, I shouldn't laugh, but they're just, they're just yeah, weird and, and as I say, flat. Dave, back to, back, back to those articles. Did you write those or were they just from people that had, that had written in themselves? Or how did, how did that come about? writing them and then a couple of people joined in and I think at the end we had about five or six people who'd written them. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think I've, I've not done him justice. What I'm going to try and do is get. I'm, I'm trying to slowly get all the fanzines scanned anyway, and I think I got slightly put off because even though some of those early issues were good, they were a bit tedious and boring when when you you know you haven't got the context of being around at the time. They're like 30 mm-hmm. years old. Whereas the last few I've looked at since trying to look find the camp referee, I was looking through them today and I, and I was laughing my head off because I think there was some really good stuff in there. So I might start scanning from 100 down to one rather than one up to 100. Brilliant. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, so, so what we did was we had that. And then I also, um, I used to get all sorts of um, marketing stuff that sent through the post, <laughs> in the post in those days. And <laughs> one, one company was trying to sell football clip art and they were targeting fanzine editors because at the time, we were all listed in the back pages of when Saturday comes. So they had all our mm. home addresses. And um, they sent a load, they, they, they sold a load of clip art. And I thought, well, might as well. They've got money coming from the fans. They don't know what to do with it. I'll buy some clip art. And sure enough, about 20 floppy disks arrived. <laughs> and it was shy. It was like all Edwardian footballers limping off and 70s, <laughs> you know, mud. It was just, it was horrendous. But I sort of dropped it in in an ironic way. So if there's a little clip of a goal going in, I'd stick it at the end of a column. And again, it just just to fill a gap. But there was one particular piece of clip art that was a referee. And the pose he was holding um, just spoke to me. He just said, look at that, the way that camp referee is standing there. And it wasn't, it wasn't, Offensive, you know, it was it was like a carry on style of humour, and I don't think at any point anything that we put in was was homophobic, but by any means, mm. it was just literally this referee was standing there saying camp things. I don't think that's offensive then. I don't think it's offensive now, no. but it's interesting to see how it, how it developed because I found what I think is the first one, and the, the the first few the idea I had was to have this referee, this little camp pose that he had, and then a speech bubble coming out, and I, I entitled it "Laws of the Game" with the camp referee. And the first one I found, he's saying, look, it's quite simple. You either tuck your shirt inside your shorts and pull up your socks or you get booked. Repeated infractions of this law will result in a further booking and a dismissal from the field of play. Brackets. FIFA Directive number 365B. Brackets. Amended 1994. Refers. Close brackets. Give us a kiss. (laughs) (laughs) I did did wonder where that was going, to be honest. They carried on on in a similar vein because the second one I found was laws of the game with the camp referee. Law 17B, subsection 14, states that a player shall be declared offside if, at the moment the ball is played forward to him by a teammate, there are fewer than two opposition players between him and the goal. Ooh, get you. <laughs> <laughs> and then it carried on like that for a bit. Um, another one. A player mu- Law's the game with the camp referee. A player, a player taking a throw-in must stand with both feet on or, be- on or behind the touchline and, using both hands, release the ball from a position vertically above his head. Oh, look at her waving a flag. Who rattled her cage? <laughs> so it's, it carried on out for a bit, um, him, him explaining some rule and then just saying a really camp phrase at the end. And then it developed. And it, just, it took on a life of its own because it was so popular. People were actually telling me about it and saying how much they found it funny. So a couple, jumping forward a couple of issues, this is from uh, TTP76. And literally, it's like just the camp referee now. It's like, it's TTP's very own Queen of Hearts, because it was 97 after Dino died, the camp referee. And the speech bubble says, so anyway, the players are all shouting at me saying I should go and consult the assistant referee because he'd clearly been flagging for a good couple of minutes before they scored. Well, after the performance she put up in the dressing room, flouncing around like I don't know what, just because she couldn't have the red flag, I thought, I'm not going to listen to her until she calms down, I thought, standing there waving a flag. It'll take a lot more than that to get back into my good book, I thought. And that was the camp referee. There was no loss of the game stuff. It was just yeah, this, this referee. Uh, oh. Shut that dressing room door. It's the camp referee. 
<laughs> Professional referees, eh? Well, I've known a few old pros in my time. I tell you, ooh, naughty. <laughs> Next one. Look at the muck in here. It's the camp referee. Speech bubble. So this player, ooh, a right tough nut he was, gave me a real mouthful. Ooh, don't mince your words, I said. And you've guessed, haven't you? Yep, I was reported again. <laughs> look, at the, look at the muck in here. It's the camp referee. Did you hear me on Desert Island Discs, did you? Any six, please, Sue, I said, from Erasure, the Pet Shop Boys, Culture Club and Jason Donovan. Oh, no, sorry. He's my luxury. Ha-ha, cheeky. They won't have me back. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, do, I'll, do, uh, I'll just do one more because you know, I'm going to have to dig these out, scan them and just maybe just put them out on Twitter as just a, a separate thing on their own because, yeah. Shut that dressing room door. It's everyone's favourite whistleblower, the camp referee. Did you have a nice one, did you? Oh, no, Mrs. Don't. Well, yours truly attended a referees conference. I did. In Zurich, if you don't mind. Lovely. Anyway, this FIFA big was telling us all about the new rulings for next season. Tough? Well, I know people who pay good money. That's all I'm saying. I said to him, I said, so that's more opportunities for us to flash our cards, spoil the floor of the game and generally make ourselves a centre of attention. I must get my hair done. And do you know what they did? <laughs> do you? Only promoted to me to the international list. Ooh, cheeky. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I think until I've researched it, I hadn't realised how many we'd done, but there, there were loads. And uh, I think he appeared in the final ever issue with just a poignant, I'm cracking up. But uh, yeah, that was the camera free. Which, which, as I say, I think was, if you're going to ask people generally, have a poll about what you remember the tea party for, uh, letters, pages or whatever, I think the camera free were probably in people's top five. But it was really, really floppy. Yeah. It was all just down to this uh, this weird camp piece of clip out that I got. That I thought, hang on, he looks quite camp. Like it's, I think camp referee has just jumped above white dog shit in my list of things from the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just such a it's just such a perfect fanzine concept. A camp, the camp referee, and he's in there every yeah. week. And the, the way it develops, like I say, from actually explaining a genuine law of the game and then just at the end saying, oh, gives a kiss. So <laughs> a life of his own, whereas he was just a character in the fanzine who was just t- telling us about, about his adventures towards the end. Oh, God. All because all of a bit of clip art as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's quality. That is really good. That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have more of that, I think, next month. Definitely. Or next next week? Next week? Next month? I don't I don't even know when the next one is. Now they're coming thick and fast, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and that's a that's a great segue to to talk about the the upcoming shows that we've got and who we've got on the shows. So we said we said there was an announcement and there is. So here it is. Um, we've got Liam Dickinson on next, um, and then straight after that next week we've got Mark Robert, Robertson, um, yeah. former captain, Australian national player as well. Uh, then we've got Paul Turnbull after that. So that'll be a good one. Um, after that, uh, in early December, we got Chloe Beresford. If you don't know Chloe, she's a county fan. Uh, she's also an uh, a football Italian football journalist. Um, and, and expert, I'd say, as well. And expert, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that would be good. So with our limited knowledge of... Uh, it's all I know about, about Italian football, really, is Championship Manager 96-97, the Italian version, and James Richardson. Oh, and Football Italia. That, that's about it. Yeah, but- well, I was going to say, I'll, I'll be in a piazza with a coffee in the papers while we're recording this one. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my, my pina colada will be going down every time there's a, there's a new take. Do you, do you remember that from James Richardson? Pretty funny. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Have we got after Christmas then, Ross? We've got some coming in January, haven't we, as well? Well, before, before we get to that, I mean, still before Christmas, we're hoping to get James Spencer on as well, former goalkeeper yes. um, and youth player. Uh, and then after Christmas, we've got Keith Briggs and Darren Ryan lined up. Excellent. So good spread there of, of recent and not so recent players. Um, loads of memories to get through. Loads, loads, of, loads of chats to have, and we'll keep on we'll keep them coming as well uh, through through January and beyond. Excellent. Yeah, brilliant. I'm I'm fully on board with that. If you didn't think I was already. You know, I've been on here four years. I should probably commit, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Choose a side, Nick. Choose a side. Yeah. <laughs> so just before we go then, out, out of all those, which one are you looking forward to the most? And obviously, uh, obviously, obviously, obviously you can choose one and the others aren't going to get offended. It's not like, it's not, it's not a league table. I'm just, just, just genuinely as a county fan, which one are you looking forward to the most? As, as horribly wholesome and nice as it sounds, I just enjoy doing the podcast full stop, whoever we've got on. But if I had to pick one, I'm very much looking forward to Paul Turnbull. Yeah. I'm similar. I think uh, it's about the journeys, isn't it? I mean, you've obviously got Chloe's journey. I'd quite like to know how she's got to be where she is today. But also, yeah. every single one of these players will have a footballing journey from school to scouting to whatever. And uh, it'll be great to hear from Jane Spencer about how that happened in a county context. There's yeah. a local lad who came through, through our... Books. I don't know. I'm not sure about the other guys and where where they came from, but you know the, the stories of how they got to be professional footballers. I think is uh, what I like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the the interesting one for me. I mean, they're all. I'm looking forward to every single one of them. Absolutely, I, I, it's right up my street. Obviously, we, we're like pigs in shit, really, aren't we? To be fair, yeah. uh, it's Mark Robertson because he's an Australian international. I know he played in Scotland for a bit. He came down to County. I'm not sure if he had another club in England before us. But uh, and we can we, you know we can ask him that. But he played in that era where we had Beckett up front. You know, we, we at the start of that season, I think we had a, we had a really good team. I think he was part of that team, um, if, yeah. if if memory serves me. So, um, yeah. it'd be really interesting to see how, how how that one plays out. Looking forward to it. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, I th- I think we should go and uh, get ready, Russ. As I say, get ready. I say we should end this and get ready to interview Dicko. Yeah. We've got to do that, too, don't we? And that, that'll, be, that'll be out probably around the same time as this will. Yeah, yeah, they're going to the same time, probably tomorrow night. So uh, keep, your ears, keep your ears open for those. Excellent. And, and probably keep your eyes open because it's, it's more likely that you will see the link before you hear it. Yeah, in fact, just cut that bit out, mate. Fucking that was shit. <laughs> Fucking... Because we've got no, no, I've got the timings all wrong. Because I'm, I'm saying, yeah, keep your ears out for it. Well, this is going out probably half an hour before the, that one as well, isn't it? So it's a load of bollocks, isn't it? Just cut keep that your ears open, open, your eyes open, and your bowels moving. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, always good advice. <laughs> and on that bombshell, I think I think we should say goodbye to everyone. I think we should. Right. Cheers, Dave, for coming on. Well, why, why am I saying that? You always come on. I'm fucking stupid. I'm, I've lost it. Right, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go and get a coffee before the next before the next one. This, this bodes well for Liam Dickinson. Fucking hell, I'm having a mare. Excellent. Right, <laughs> right. Fellas. Yeah, nice see you later. See ya. Bye. 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 It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 